Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Let's pray uh, as we get started on this brand new year, 2023. Father God, we just love you so much. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, as we look forward to this year that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk out your plans and purposes for us as individuals and families as a church. We thank you, Lord, that your grace grace is upon us for this year, for all that you have called us to do. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we hope that you've had a great holiday season to this point as we kick off the new year. Um, we're, we're starting a great new series next week called Made New, and we've created a guide um, for all the weekdays in uh, for the next four weeks starting January 8th. And if you are coming to worship and prayer night this Wednesday, 7 p.m., uh, you'll be able to pick that guide up. Otherwise, it'll be available next Sunday uh, when you come to church as well. So we are starting again. We're starting the year again, another time around the sun. And as we look forward to the new year, obviously we could look back at the last year that we've just lived and we could think about some things. Maybe there were some great things that happened to us uh, last year. Maybe there would be some things as we do a retrospective that we wouldn't want to repeat, we wouldn't want to experience again. But maybe there was some surprising things. Maybe there were some things that God led us into that we didn't expect. And as we think about the year ahead, it's a, it's a blank canvas and there are so many possibilities at the beginning of every year. And it's just a natural time for us as we call this the new year, what would God be doing new in our hearts this year in 2023? And now when we think about God and how he functions in our lives, maybe during this holiday season, some of you have done some puzzles And when you do a puzzle, you know that you start with the picture as to what it should look like when the puzzle is done. So we start with the goal in mind. And this is what God does in our lives. He wants to paint a picture for us from his word as to the future that he has for us. Any good coach um, that's coaching a team that they're gonna be like, hey, we wanna win this game, but then here's how we're gonna walk out this win. And the end is the thing, is the goal in mind. So we want to know what is God's vision for us for 2023 as a church, as families, as an individual. What is the greatest thing that we can accomplish in 2023? The reality is we don't have to create it on our own, that God actually wants to lead us into it. Whatever I could imagine on my own is not greater than what God wants to imagine for us, that he wants to create this year with us that he wants to lead us forward into this year so we can be expectant of that and then desire the picture, the vision that God would place in our hearts for our lives for 2023. Now, as I was thinking about this theme um, for 2023, I, I came to mind a story um, from the book of Judges regarding Gideon. Now, one of the themes that we see over and over again in the book of Judges is that the children of Israel, that they would mess up, they would make mistakes, then God would deliver them into you know, some evil nation nearby, then they would be struggling, and then they would submit to God again, and then the whole process would just repeat this terrible pattern in the book of Judges, and that God would send a judge to be able to save them. And when we see this theme, um, and, and we see this situation in the life of Israel, and then Gideon, as presented to us, just gives us a great story um, and helps us to see our lives in the middle of this. So we can see here in Judges chapter six, verse one, it says this, the Israelites did evil 
in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. So in other words, they, this, this uh, invading army, the Midianites, they, they were afraid of them and they were hiding in caves and all these different places. And it says, whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Malachites, and other Eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels for they invaded the land to ravage it. Midian was so impoverished, so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So here they were in dire straits and they were having such a difficult time with Midian and they were, they kind of realized at some point, this was so hard. It had been the seven year period. So they cried out to God. Obviously they should have never left God in the first place to get themselves in the, this difficult situation. But here they were crying out to God. When the Israelites, verse seven, cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. And who said this? So here was the message of God from the prophet. This is what the Lord the God of Israel says, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So it's kind of the ultimate I told you so moment here, this message from the prophet, from God. Hey, you didn't listen to what I said. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abysrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a rind press to keep it from the Midianites. So here Gideon is in this situation and he's trying to hide away this little bit of food that he has. He's trying not to, for it to not be taken by the Midianites. And he's threshing wheat in the wine press. Obviously this is not what the wine press is for. The wine press is to make wine, but here he's hidden away with the little bit of wheat that he has. And he's, and he's trying to obviously make some bread for his family. And then in verse 12, it says this, when the angels of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you mighty warrior. And obviously in this moment, Gideon is not a mighty warrior. He's hiding away. He's there in the wine press, trying to make some wheat, trying to create some sort of food for his family. And then this is Gideon's response. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? So he's looking at his life in this moment and, and God is showing up to him with the vision, calling him a mighty warrior. And Gideon is kind of questioning the vision that God is giving to him. He's showing up, you're a mighty warrior. And he's like, pardon me? If God is with us, why have all of these things happened to us? And what I love about this story is that really God doesn't answer the question. But Gideon continues, where are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about? When they said, did this not, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Now we know that the reason that they're 
in the hand of the Midianites is because of the mistakes that they had made, the sins that they had committed. So it wasn't God's fault. And then here in verse 14, it says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel. Didn't answer the question, why have all these things happened to us? What he was doing for Gideon, he was giving him a vision for the future. He was painting a picture for him as to who he was and what God wanted him to do. Hey, you're a mighty warrior. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Here, God had this plan for Midian to walk out, for, for Gideon to walk out rather. Not something that he was doing, he was just hiding away and he was afraid. And then God was giving him this whole new vision for his future. Go in the strength you have uh, and I'm saving you out of Midian's hand. Verse 15, pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, how can I go and save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Again, God doesn't respond to Gideon's thoughts. He said, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Again, God paints a picture for Gideon. He's giving him a vision for his future. Gideon is like ready with the excuses. Like I'm, I'm the weakest and then I'm the weakest in the weakest clan. You know, you're, you're choosing the wrong person. The vision that you're giving to me, God, Gideon is saying it's too much for me. But God answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the many nights. So the story continues. And, and we see here in verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So constantly God is giving a vision to Gideon. He's, he's painting a picture for him. Verse 24 says this. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and there he called the Lord as peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abysrites. Verse 25, that same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old, and tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. So in other words, tear down your altar to these false gods. Verse 26, then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. And then so for Gideon to be able to save the people from the Midianite army, he's got to create an army. So uh, Gideon sets out to create an army. And then we see this in Judges uh, 7. It says, early in the morning, Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, said to all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley in the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. You cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. So God, again, is coming to Gideon and all of these men have gathered, they're ready to go to war. But God says, your army is too big. Now to all of us, we would never think that our army is too big. But God's response or his idea behind this is that if you go in there and you're saved for the Midianite army, you're gonna say, hey, it was our own strength. So what God wants for Gideon to do is to shrink the army, make the army smaller. Verse three, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain. So originally 32,000 people show up to fight. 
And now they're only left with 10,000 people. 22,000 people were afraid. I mean, you don't want an army full of people who are afraid anyway. So there's 10,000 people left. But God is not satisfied yet with the size of this army. Again, he's like, you know, it's gonna be too many people. And so he gives them one more test. And he, he tells them for everybody to drink from this certain place. And there's gonna be, there's the test is this, whoever drinks as they lean down like a dog and drinks water like a dog with their tongue, we're gonna send all of these people home. And then the people who cup water with their hands and drink that way, those are the people that can stay and be part of Gideon's army to save the children of Israel from the Midianites. And you know how many are left? 32,000 people showed up originally. There's 300 people left to save Israel from the Midianite army. Verse 19, Gideon and the hundred men with them reached at the edge of the camp, beginning of the middle watch. Just after they had changed the guard, they blew their trumpets and broke their jars were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed, smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpet they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And eventually they all turned on each other and the children of Israel were delivered from Midianite captivity. But this whole story starts out with God setting a vision for Gideon. And the second thing he does is he directs God, he directs Gideon to tear down the altar to Baal, a false god. And then the third thing he does is he invites Gideon to walk out his vision in his strength. So these are the three things that we see in the story. And these are the three things that we're gonna talk about just for the rest of the message, the few moments that we have together. So again, God sets a brand new vision for Gideon. He paints a picture of him for the future that God desires for us. And this is what God does in our lives with his word, with his promises, how he wants to lead us forward is that he wants to paint a picture for us of God's desires for our future. He says to Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. He wants Gideon to believe something different than what he thinks in this moment. And this is what God will do with his word. And the question is, as we look out, over this year, do we have a God-sized dream? Do we have a dream where God is showing up to us and painting a picture for us about our future? Or is it just kind of like, oh, ho-hum, another year, not a big deal. Are, are we seeking after God? Are we discovering from God his desires for us this year? And then after that, am I gonna embrace the steps that God is giving me through his word? So God painted a picture for Gideon and then he had steps for Gideon to walk out to get to the place where God then delivered them from their situation and then was leading them forward. So as, as I'm thinking about this year, as we are all thinking about this year, there's some real practical things that we can think about that, are, um, that, are, that God wants to paint a picture for us for our future for 2023. Now, so much of our life is spent in the context of relationships, in the context of friendships. And God actually wants us to have mutually beneficial relationships here in the context of our church family and in our lives. And so much of what we do 
is in the context of relationship. And we have to ask ourselves, does God paint a picture for me for the type of person that I can be in a relationship? Am I sucking the life out of people in the context of relationship? Am I a drag to be around? Is it difficult when people see me, oh my gosh, here they come. Are they running the other way? Or does God want me to be a blessing to others? Am I the type of person that invests into others, that I'm encouraging other people? Because this is really important for us. As we go forward this year, we are gonna see people and we're gonna be living life with people all of the time. And we want to be this type of person. God has called all of us to be encouragers. God has called all of us to be a positive influence on others. Do I have a vision for that? And then also what kind of close friends am I choosing this year? Am I choosing people that are gonna help me to see God's vision for my life? Do I, do I, am I choosing people that are gonna challenge me when I'm messing up my life, that are gonna show up and speak God's word to me? Or, or do I have the type of friends that are just gonna like dive into my sin and like dive into my mediocrity with me or dive into my difficulties and just sort of languish there in the dirt? Am I choosing the type of friends that will inspire me and challenge me in the best possible ways? If you're married this year, do we have a vision for how to make my marriage better? No matter how long you've been married, all of us can choose to make our marriage better. God has given us a vision for godly marriage, what it looks like, how we should function in it. Or am I functioning with just the, let me tell you what's wrong with my spouse. This negative vision for our, our future of our marriage. See, Where our marriage is, is based on the words that I speak about it and then the actions that I take. So do I have a vision from God as how I can have a joyful, loving marriage? How is it that I can make my spouse feel appreciated? How can I invest? How can I have my, so that my spouse feels loved by me? Do we have a vision for this? We have a vision from the word of God, but are we choosing that vision? Or is there something else that we're saying? Is there some other picture that we're functioning on just how I'm feeling in this moment based on what happened last year? Or am I choosing the vision that God has for my marriage? Do I have a vision for a strong, enjoyable, loving marriage? Our career, listen, we're gonna spend about a third of our lives in our career on the job this year. What vision do I have from God for that time? Or I'm just, am I just living for the weekend as it were? Am I just going through the motions on my job? Am I choosing to be a valuable, contributing, joyful team member on the job? God has a vision for us for this year that we can actually enjoy, enjoy the time that we're spending on the job with our career. Or am I just complaining? Am I just making it hard for everybody else? Or do I have a vision for, hey, how can I get better this year on my job? I'm gonna read a book, I'm gonna take a class, I'm maybe gonna go back to school, that God is painting a picture for us how this big part of our life that's coming up can be enjoyable. And then finally this, we should all have a vision for this, that we should have a vision to grow closer to Jesus in 2023. We've spent some time at the end of last year just thinking about our personal discipleship. The series that we're starting next week will help us in this as well. 
but not just knowing Jesus, but then growing in Jesus and then going and being a servant to others. I want to grow in all of these areas in my relationship with God in 2023. God's word paints a picture for us, shows us the way forward. Are we embracing that vision that God has given to us so that we can, so that we can grow in the things of God? Psalm 37 verse 23 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. This is what we need to have as our vision for 2023, that God is gonna be giving us the steps to take towards the vision that he's placed in front of us. And we need to expect this every day, that he's guiding our steps. We're not gonna just stumble, that he's holding us in our hand, in his hand rather, And then we are gonna walk out the things that God has for us. Romans chapter eight, verse 12 says this. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do whatever your sinful nature urges you to do. But if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. So you have not, Receive the spirit that makes you fearful slaves and said you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. So we're not gonna be led by our flesh, but we want to be led by the spirit of God. This year, as we think about, man, I'm moving toward this godly vision in my life that God is gonna be giving us the steps by his spirit on the inside of us. I'm not gonna be led by external things. I'm not just gonna be led by my feelings or circumstances. I'm looking forward to God leading me this year. I'm his child. He is gonna be directing my steps. This is the vision that we need to have for 2023. We're not gonna be led by our flesh, our fears. We're not gonna be led by our excuses. What was Gideon's excuse? I'm the weakest from the weakest tribe. I can't do anything in 2023. No, we gotta put that aside and be like, you know what? I'm God's child. God is gonna be leading me this year and guiding me into the picture that he's placed in front of me. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says this from the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, God already has a plan for your 2023. You don't have to create one. I don't have to create one. We should desire, hey God, you've planned something for us long ago. Before we were born, you marked out my days. You had a good plan for my life. We should lean into that plan, desire that plan. Say, God, I I want to by your spirit that you are leading me and guiding me. I'm not letting my fears hold me back. I'm not letting excuses hold me back. I'm not going to let the weakness of my family hold me back. I want to do the good things that you have planned for me. And the second thing we see in the story is that God gets Gideon to tear down the altar to Baal. What was Baal? Baal was a false god. We think about false gods. False gods want you to appease them, to make them happy. See, culture has a vision for us. And we just got to make culture happy. We got to do the things that culture is dictating. And this is what all false gods do. But instead, God, our creator God, who loves us, directs us 
with wisdom. So we want to tear down these false idols in our lives. We don't want to let fear be the center of our lives. The scripture says fear has torment. We don't want to look forward in 2023 and be afraid that the negative things that happened to us last year are the same, same things that are going to happen to us. No, we need to tear down that idol. Instead, we're, instead of fear, we're going to choose faith in 2023. We're going to choose to put our trust in God. We're not going to let the idol of our mistakes and our sins and our apathy of the past, the negative situations and the, the negative things that I've been a part of in the past, man, we're going to tear down that altar and we're going to put our faith in God. And then finally, maybe we had a really good 2022 And so what do we don't want to do? And this is what we see in the stories like, hey, this army is too big. And then you're just going to take credit for all of your successes. The worst thing that we can do with all of the successes of our past is gloat and be like, look how amazing I am. No, we needed to be like, I didn't do this in my own strength. God gave me all of these these successes. So we can say, God, what's next? I know that you've given me all of this to this moment, but what's next? What is the... What is the plan for, uh, for my next month and then this next year? We want to walk out. So we don't want to have that on the altar, that false idol of look how amazing at I am with all of my successes. No, we need to come back and have on that altar, God, you brought me here. You've given me all that I have. What's next? And then finally we see in the story is that Gideon walked out this vision that God had given in the strength that God gave. Not just his own strength, but God was there with him and he kept on saying, I'll I'll be with you. Don't worry, you're not gonna die. And this is what we need to think as we dream with God about our 2023. Maybe some of these things that I've mentioned so far, you know, in this message, they can feel a little bit overwhelming. Maybe your fear is holding you back. Maybe some bad things that happened to you last year are holding you back. Or maybe like Gideon, you're like, I'm the weakest from the weakest family. So we don't wanna leave ourselves there. We see in the story of Gideon that even though that he claimed all of these things, he embraced the vision of God and he took a step. The previous verses that we read there that God orders our steps. Man, we want to step into the vision that God has for us. It's not leaps and bounds, it's steps. What is the next step that I need to take for what God is placing in front of me for 2023? In all of these areas that we mentioned, God is leading us forward. He is painting a picture of our future. We see Gideon embrace God's vision. He tore down the altars of Baal and then he walked out the completion of the vision in the strength that God had. The apostle Paul in the New Testament, famous church planter would go around as as a missionary preaching the gospel to a bunch of places that had never heard it before. He was facing all of these difficulties, even though there was revivals happening everywhere he would preach, there was also riot people opposing what he had done. And he's bringing all of these situations to God, all of this difficulty that he's facing. And he prays a prayer. And the scripture tells us here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from it. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul facing all of this stuff that he's realizing and then what's being revealed to him in the middle of his difficulties, that God's power is made perfect in the middle of those situations. As we look forward in 2023, we know that we are gonna face some difficulties. We know we're gonna have some successes. We know we're gonna have some situations that we didn't expect in a good way. And then uh, maybe a not so good way sometimes. But what do we know is gonna be true regardless of what we face? That God's power is gonna be made perfect in our weakness and his strength is, and his grace is sufficient for us. For the vision that he provides, he is giving us grace to walk it out. So we can expect that every day. We can embrace this vision. We can move past our failures. Man, and we know that God is giving us grace for 2023. Let's just pray today. Father God, we so, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful, Lord, that you are painting a picture for us in 2023 better than any dreams that we could imagine on our own. As we spend time with you, Lord, at the beginning of this year, God, we pray that you make your vision clear to us. Moving away from some of the things in our past, building on some of our successes that you have given to us. And God, we know that we can walk all of this out with your grace, with your love. And like Gideon, as you said to Gideon, that you would be with him. God, we know that you will be with us in 2023 as we move to the vision that you have given to us. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you happen to be watching us this, uh, this January 1st and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, the best thing you can do to start out this year is to say yes to Jesus, make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So if you have never done that before, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second for you to do that. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus coming, that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and God raised him from the dead so that we could have a relationship with God. We don't have a relationship with God because we are perfectly good people because we aren't. But what God does for us is through his grace, he just offers us a relationship with himself. It's just a gift. And all we have to do is say yes to that gift. So if you have never said yes to Jesus before, you pray along with me today. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I can know you. So I say yes to you today. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we will see you Wednesday for worship and prayer night, or we will see you next Sunday as we kick off our brand new series, Made New. Have a great rest of your day.